The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show. I've got another special episode for you, and this one was from a special event that I was very fortunate to be a part of. Uh, The event was called SCARD, and it was put on by myafrica.org. I got an email a few months back saying, this is the event, this is the idea, I'd like you to come over. And I, I wasn't really sure what the event was and what my part would really be in it. I I knew that they wanted me to talk about scarification, but sometimes it's different when people want you to talk about scarification. Sometimes I've been invited by news organizations and they want the shock value, you know, why would someone cut their bodies? And then sometimes it's for a body art event where it's, we want to talk about how you perform it and the safety elements of it and uh, how other people can perform it. And this one was going to be talking about really the the cultural side of it, Um, why people choose to get scarification, Uh, talking a little bit about the process too. I was kind of invited to be the practitioner uh, at the event, but the event itself was to uh, document and and share cultural practices ongoing today in Africa. Um, a, A lot of the content was from Nigeria specifically, and it was really mind-blowing, life-changing for me, honestly. I've been performing scarification for around 20 years. Uh, I started offering it in the early 2000s, shortly after I opened my own studio, and it was really just to perform it on myself. I I wanted it done. There was really no one in my area to have it done by, Uh, so I started thinking like, okay, I'll, I'll do it on my own, kind of like how I started with body piercing, and then it went to me working on my friends and their friends and, and grew from there and, and you know now I do what I do. So I, I've been pretty fortunate. I've uh, in, been instructing scarification classes for the BMXNet conference in Germany for years. Uh, I was very fortunate to perform a TED Talk on scarification uh, a few years back for the New England College. If you haven't seen that already, you can watch it freely on YouTube. Uh, just type in scarification TED Talk and you'll be able to see that. Uh, I have it on my website also, precisionbodyarts.com slash scarification, and you can just uh, follow the link or you can watch it directly on there. And sometimes I guess my name gets around, and uh, the event organizer that I'm about to talk to, uh, Temi Federa, uh, said that she found my name in a, a book called The History of Scarification on Amazon, of all places, and I didn't even know I was in that book. So I got the invitation from Temi. Uh, I'm very happy that I said yes because it was just so perspective shifting. Um, I've been performing it for a long time and I perform it as a service, you know, and I've talked to other body piercers, other practitioners who, if they don't really share my point of view for how I work and what I offer, uh, maybe it's a little bit jarring for other people if they see it as something that connects them to spirituality, something that's more of a ritual. Uh, what I perform is not that. What I perform is a, a professional service, precise and technical, and you know that's the kind of person that I that I am. So I'm not a very spiritual person. 
Um, I perform pieces on people where for them, their motivation for getting it could be spiritual or, or linking them to maybe their cultural heritage or something deep-rooted, maybe something that they can't even explain. But to me, I am there as the practitioner to perform it safely, uh, just like with body piercing, you know. So uh, I felt maybe a little out of place going to an event that was documenting cultural practices and talking about something that was so powerful and, and connected people to... Uh, their their tribe, their their culture, their family, their community, and uh, you know, I felt like like an outsider for sure going into an event like that. Also, not being a person of color, uh, felt you know you know, am I the right person for this? Uh, but I got the invitation, and uh, they they seemed to really want me to be part of their event, and I'm so glad that they reached out to me and that I was able to do it because it was a, a really fantastic event. No one there made me feel like an outsider. I was, I was welcomed with open arms. Uh, everyone that I spoke to about scarification was open-minded. I gave a presentation on scarification as contemporary body art. Uh, it was well-received. I got some very thoughtful questions. Then I was part of a, a panel discussion uh, speaking about scarification, uh, both in the cultural sense and the uh, body art performance sense. There was a photo exhibition for three days uh, showing some amazing photography. Uh, there was a documentary on the first night called Marked, by a filmmaker named Nadine Ibrahim. Uh, if you get the chance, follow Nadine Ibrahim Films on Instagram. Uh, hopefully this documentary will make its way around and, and will be more uh, viewable, uh, maybe online or maybe different showings in different cities across the world. I met another artist too from Nigeria named Yusuf Aina, who was just incredible to talk to, really passionate and really inspiring. Someone whose art I can really see being perfect for scarification. I think it would really be a dream come true to be able to do some sort of a collaboration one day, so fingers crossed on that. Through the interview, you'll hear a lot about the motivations of the event, how it came together, uh, Temi's background as uh, the event organizer, and why she wanted to put on an event about scarification. And also, uh, kind of sneak preview, hopefully this will also be coming to the U.S., hopefully in New York in March, actually. So any sort of information about this event uh, touring around, I will be sure to share it with people on my personal social media and on the uh, Piercing Wizard podcast social media pages, Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, I'm going to save my normal plugs and stuff for the end of the show, so stick around, and I've got some news on classes for Germany and Manchester, UK. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and get into this interview with Temi Federa from myafrica.org. And if you want to follow them online, you can follow at mae-africa.org, or you can go to maeafrica.org on Instagram. So for now, let's get into this interview with Temi, and I'll be back more at the end. Hi, I'm Temi Fetera, I'm the founder of My Africa. What we do at My Africa is basically documenting parts of African history that are vanishing, vanishing expressions, and um, also preserving cultural heritage. The website address is mae-africa.org, and um, you can find us on Instagram. The address, the hashtag is maeafrica.org, all together on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So this is your, your first event, yeah? Yes, first ever exhibition. What was it like putting something like that together? Oh my goodness, intense. Yeah. Right, super yeah. intense, lots of planning, coordinating, and having it in London and being home in Nigeria. 
um, made it even more intense mm. with the planning and coordination. And but it worked out. Yeah, um, it's been some frustrations, some setbacks, but it came lots out amazing. of challenges. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, it made it all worth it, actually, because um, going through all of the phases of just trying to get through finding a venue, getting the people together mm. and people like you were a good sport from the start. And even when we had to change the date, it still worked out. So, yeah, yeah I was really happy that I could be part of be it. a part of it. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 sometimes I get I get emails from people saying I'm going to have an event mm -hmm. and nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Um, so the, the first time where I got pushed back, I was a little bit worried that it, that it, it may it, not happen. It may not happen. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad that that things worked out but, for you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's been it's been quite the journey, but yeah. it's worked out. So, I'm happy. so so talk a little bit. You were you were explaining uh, the, the first night kind of how you started the organization and maybe went a little dormant for a while and then you kind of came back into it. Yes. Okay, so um, I studied in Switzerland and I happened to be one of the, well, I was the only Nigerian in the school for a really long time and then we had more people come. And we had these trips that would, we call them academic travel, mm -hmm. where you get to go to a different country that you've never been for two weeks and do research. So you had to take, um, about eight trips to actually graduate like you would get college credit for it wow yeah so um the focus of the school was international exposure mm -hmm. and just from traveling a lot and we had trips to places across the continent and i would get feedback from people and it just made me realize you know there's um a lot of there's so many things even with africans that we don't know about the continent sure. so imagine much more for someone who's not from there so mm. just from having to answer so many questions it made it inspired me to want to know more and the more i researched the more interested i became and also on one of those trips i got the chance to go to cuba mm -hmm. and while i was in havana we went around cuba it just wasn't havana we went to santiago de cuba we went to trinidad with so many places and through that traveling, I kept coming across, and that was the focus of my research, to look, to look for representations of African culture in the diaspora. So as I kept traveling, and from the music, and from the religion, like the mixture of the Catholic Church and the Ifa traditional religion in Nigeria produced Santeria, which mm -hmm. is the Cuban um, religion, um, well, Afro-Cuban traditional religion now. And Things like that just inspired me more to study. And um, so after I left college, I decided I was going to um, pursue a master's in African studies. And I applied to SOAS. And just before going to SOAS, I um, registered the domain for mm. My Africa. Could you explain what SOAS is? SOAS is the School of Oriental and African Studies. Okay. It's one of the member institutions of the University of London. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what? What drew you to talk about body art as, as your first event? This is an interesting question because when I, up until April this year, I had a completely different theme. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just sat in a, I was having a conversation with a group of people that were not even, well, I wouldn't say I was in a conversation. I would say I was sitting around a group of people that were in a conversation. And the topic that I had been thinking of was sort of something they were discussing. And it just made me realize, hmm, the way I initially wanted to approach it didn't take into account how sensitive the topic can be. Mm -hmm. So I decided, you know, I really need to think of something else. And while, um, and then I traveled, uh, 
and on my way back on the trip, I met up with a friend and I said, you know, I'm really thinking that there's so much people don't know mm. about traditional body art expressions. Yeah. And she really was excited when she heard that and that kind of sealed it for me. But over time, as I kept planning, I kept thinking the whole concept of my Africa is so rooted in um, just centered around the women who raised me and I remember that my grandmother had tattoos mm -hmm. and she had traditional tattoos and the more I researched the more I realized okay actually it's not that much of a random decision that I've chosen body art because I needed to also um, pay tribute to my grandma who had tattoos and um, it just all worked out yeah. in that sense yeah for for someone like me obviously i have a, a huge interest in, in body art because that's my profession but yeah. um I, I think a lot of people that follow into my community into my industry a lot of us are inspired by body art from around the world and yeah. especially african body art has mm -hmm. been an, an enormous influence when it comes to scarification yeah. which is something that i perform and, and other people wear yeah. and, and perform and I think a lot of us don't fully understand some of the origins of it. Yeah. So to document that while we still can is so important because a little bit slips away with each generation. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, oh, for instance, I mean, growing up, I just didn't think that it'd be the first theme for my Africa because, mm -hmm. um, but it worked out in the sense because growing up, I was always fascinated by my grandmother's tattoos, particularly because uh, growing up in Nigeria, having tattoos, I'm sure it's still a bit like that across the world. Like it's sort of like you're, you're standing out, like you're, mm -hmm. it's like a sign of being rebellious or something. It can to be. to yeah. some people, it's yeah. like you're making a statement. Sure. Or, um, some people don't even understand what the state, sometimes you're just like, oh, I, I like the way it looks, that's it. That's exactly, my that's the, yeah, it's just beauty and yeah. you like it, but yeah. for some people, they don't really understand it. And it's something that could even uh, jeopardize employment. Sure. Like, you know, so mm -hmm. um, just seeing that she had that and then in the mainstream, there's all this, like the narrative around it is so different. Mm. And it made me ask her a lot of questions because, um, okay, so growing up in Nigeria, traditionally, you have your grandparents living in the hometown somewhere and then you live in the city and kind of go visit them. Mm -hmm during festive seasons like Christmas and stuff like that but for me I actually grew up in the house with my grandmother like she lived with us the entire way through until she passed away so yeah. I was the tattoos were like in my face like all the time yeah. so always ask her questions and she I remember her saying oh you know we just because she had a quote that she liked on one thigh mm -hmm. and then on the other thigh she had her full names and her father and her mother's names mm -hmm. And so I remember asking her and she said, oh, you know, it's just in case we get lost so we can find our way home. Yeah. But the way she said it, for me, I understood it as literally getting lost, like take the wrong turn mm -hmm. to go home and they yeah. bring you back. But over time, I started to realize like when I interact with people, the understanding there is a mainstream narrative around body art, um, scarifications especially, and tattooing in Nigeria where they say, oh, you know, it's from the slave trade era. Not true. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, well, even when they say that there's no, they don't specify exactly what they're referring to because there were like internal wars before. You yeah. know, the history is so yeah. long and so layered that we, I don't think it's good for us to just um, oversimplify history. It in can that be very sense. dismissive in a way because you take you take practices that have been performed for hundreds or thousands of years, exactly, and then you can maybe pick out one negative aspect 
and then and say, well, it's all exactly negated because of that one negative aspect. And the interesting thing is, the more you go to other parts of the continent that have been places that are really hard to reach, that have been excluded mm -hmm. from a lot of this like slave trade and um, colonial narrative, but they still practice this. So how do yeah. we justify that? It's just an right. expression. How can you of how can you tell someone that their practices and their heritage yeah. is improper? based on the concept of colonialism and globalism and all these things yeah. to say it's that just, it's not valid. And also, but again, then just like the conversations we had yesterday in the spotlight, actually speaking to Toyin um, really, really helped shape how I started to think of this because on one hand, I mean, you talk to people who are like, oh, wow, this is amazing and it's beautiful. And there are some people that are truly traumatized mm. by having this. Yeah. Um, because unlike people who probably come to your store and like say or, or to your shop and say I want to get XYZ scarifications or tattoos or piercings, it's by choice, right? Yeah, that, that was a big thing. You know, obviously I'm going to have my, my bias, my privilege when I, when I look through my lens of what I perform yeah. in the specific way that I perform it. And then through the documentary, yeah. um, through the panel discussion, and, and just realizing that some people, it is still a tradition, but it was maybe a tradition that they didn't One. choose yeah, yeah. to be yeah. in, involved in. Yeah. So they, it, they kind of carry this dual burden. Exactly. Where they're, they're proud to have it on a cultural sense, but maybe on the personal sense, it's affected their lives. And you know, the interesting thing when I spoke to Toying, which she mentioned yesterday, is how she had to cover up the scarifications with mm. tattoos. Yeah. Because yeah. that's sort of like more acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> but again, generationally, you know, maybe one generation would think that the tattoos were, were ugly too. But now you take a scar, which I see as beautiful, beautiful yeah. and then you cover it with a tattoo, which I also see as beautiful. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny too, because when I was researching, I, I, because I literally would just stop people on the street and ask them, oh my goodness, where are you from? Mm -hmm. Like, I like your marks. Yeah. And there's some people who just start laughing and um, saying things because they, they think it's so archaic and mm. so um, not nice that they're thinking, why do you even care? Like, sure. why do you want to ask these questions? Yeah. And there are people that assume that you're making fun of them mm. and they get super defensive and they're like, it's none of your business. I had somebody really, really attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it just made me more conscious that this is, it can't be sensitive. Yeah, so. Yeah. And interestingly, like looking up scarifications on Instagram, I don't know if you've done this, but oh, it's times. funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to me that um, whenever I type in the word, it says uh, something like a, um, a helpline, like you're searching for something that's dangerous. Do you need help? Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like I'm trying to harm myself or something, and they're staging an intervention. I find it really that's funny. one of the biggest stigmas that that I encounter. You know, even the way that I offer it. You know, it's in a professional business and there's a, a long consultation process and all these different safety steps and people Sorry, still consultation? Consul like you ask them, do you really want to do this? Not so much for mental health reasons. It's, okay. it's mostly for just artistry and logistics and travel. Oh, right. Okay. Things like that. Okay, okay, I see. But part of it, can I, I have had some people ask me for things that I don't feel comfortable performing because <laughs> I, I, I think the way that they're asking it is in a, a negative sense. Oh, I um, see. But then there are other people who have had self-harm scars where they've they've hurt themselves and they wanted me to cover those scars with a, a beautiful scar. Oh, that's amazing. So I, I like to be able to help people in that way, but part of it is I want to have the interaction, but through all of the different 
all the different photos yeah. and documentation that I've seen here, yeah. it completely changes the way I think about it because it's through a completely different lens and it's a completely mm. different life experience that I, I'll never fully be able to understand, but I find it fascinating and beautiful. I'm so glad to get that feedback. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. I'm glad, yeah, because I guess from, and that's what I wanted to bring up from this, like having you come with a different, because I guess it's sort of like a, a subculture. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it is, a yeah. few, but how does that, because I wanted to ask that yesterday, how does it compare to the pain of tattooing? Pain is a very subjective word for me. Yeah, because it depends on the yeah. threshold as well. I think a big part of it is the, the choice and the consent factor of it. Yeah. People, people understand what they're about to endure, so they can kind of relax with it a little bit more. Same thing with the tattoo. People can sit for a tattoo for hours and it's yeah. uncomfortable, but they can... Yeah, go through it. They then. can live through it, yeah. Okay. Scarification could be the same. I, I, I encountered people in my industry when I said that I was coming over for this event. Mm -hmm. Some people were almost offended that I was coming over to, to speak at an event like this. I think because the way that I perform my work, spirituality can be a component if if that's what the client is looking for, but sometimes when, I, when I'm offering my work, that's not the component that they of want, course. they just want the professional piece. Yeah, yeah. And I had people that said, you're not the right person to represent this. You're not the right person to, to speak on this. Because oh my goodness. This, this event is about, but just like in the documentary, yeah. spirituality was a component, but so was beauty, so was identity, and, and that's, that's how I like to look at the yeah, work. Yeah, and that it's I also an art form. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, because that's why, for, for, well, just the reason why with My Africa, I've had to really focus on just the origin mm -hmm. and the impact is. Um, just recognizing the sensitivity for people. Sure. So if I do call it an artistic, like body painting, you can freely call sure. like an art form. Mm -hmm. But for someone who's been forced mm -hmm. to have this on their body and has to grow with it and yeah. deal with people treating them differently, mm -hmm. calling it art may be offensive to them. Yeah. So just to manage and to balance out the sense, like the sensitive side of it, mm -hmm. but. I do recognize it from what you do as it's art, as mm -hmm. an artist. You yeah. see what I mean? Like yeah. it's art, and yeah. it's not you. People can get it. People can get art for spirituality, but it's not your place to choose what they should use it for. Right. It's just to, it's their choice. Exactly. It's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting that you had this backlash. <laughs> it, it, very, very small. Very backlash. small. That's very small good. Backlash. That's good. But, but still, it, it kind of put me, uh, kind of put me on guard a little bit, thinking, mm. "Am I the right person to?" to come I think here? you're absolutely the right person to well, have come here. I'm very glad you. that you're here. I'm I mean. so glad that I got to see it <laughs> because, again, what I my experience when it comes to scarification is, is thinking of it in, in, through a completely different lens and being able to see these photos because I, I look at it through my lens of imagining how it was performed and I how know, it healed exactly. and I've just been I've been scrutinizing every little detail and I find it so fascinating and even so inspiring the, thank you you know I was even looking at the thing is with this backlash just to say I find that even using the word scarred we got some heat on on, right. on social media because yeah. some people they I guess didn't observe that we had the quotation marks mm. Which is just to underscore that this is subjective, like yeah. body modification is subjective. So mm -hmm. we're not saying the people that have 
tribal markings are scarred yeah and we're not saying that they're not so mm -hmm. it's open to interpretation yeah but people are like ah oh, this is so you guys are it's so ugly why would you even and some people are saying oh it's so awful like that you would call this scarred you're making people feel bad and i was like no that's not the intention but i think people are sensitive so. i did i did really appreciate the way that some people were referring to it as, as marked, and that sounds so accurate in, yeah. in so many different senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. being marked, yeah. Hmm. I like scarred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I also like scarred. I'm pretty partial to that word. How did you How did you find some of the other people that you invited to be part of the, the event, like Yusuf and, and all the people on the panel? So when I was uh, putting this together, I knew that I wanted to have a practitioner. I knew that I wanted to have somebody that did not like the tribal markings that they had. I knew that I needed to have somebody that um, got it on their own and wasn't forced. Um, that's Laurence, who couldn't join yesterday, mm -hmm. but she's going to be here this evening. Um, and then I knew that it'd be important to have people that are reinterpreting this in the contemporary. And um, the initial lineup changed. Um, we were supposed to have a man from the US as well, well, from the Republic of Benin originally, but based in DC, who loves his scarifications. But interestingly, he's been living in America for so long, and I guess when you're in diaspora, you tend to appreciate culture more, like your traditional mm -hmm. culture. Um, he comes from a, an ethnic group called the Betamaribe, and they have really thin lines. And not only did he get them as a child, but he also gave them to his own son. Mm. He took his son back from the US to go get them. Wow. And these people are known as the Scar Masters. Really? Yes, wow. in the Republic of Benin. And not only do they, the same lines that you see on the faces, like they have it on the on mud houses as well like it's that was some of the upstairs, photos upstairs yeah. the very fine detail yeah that's, that's amazing intricate work. Yeah. amazing work and so they um there's a lot of as much as it's art there's a lot of spirituality that they interpret into the lines mm. because they it's, there is a story behind the goddess of agriculture like there's just so much that goes into it and so i just wanted to have a diverse group so that we can see that they're really diverse perspectives on using the skin as art. There are mm. people that don't like it, there are people that like it and want to also give their children. There are people that are reinterpreting it. There are people that consider it an art form, yeah. like yourself. So, so just know that there are many ways to be beautiful and there are many ways to see art. It's, it's such a balanced event. I've, I've learned so much being here and I see so many different perspectives, but they're not perspectives that are clashing. They all complement each other in such a nice way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm glad that it worked out. And it definitely did. Yeah, thank yeah. you. And you have plans for future events? Yes. So um, just from talking to people here, they've um, said we should probably do it again in London. Mm -hmm. um, but what I know for sure is I'd like for this to happen in New York next year, mm -hmm. in March. So it could be that we would have a repeat in London just before New York. Mm -hmm. And um, But here is an official invitation to please join us in New York because okay. it would be great to have your perspective again. I would love to be there. And that, thank you. And that presentation was amazing yesterday. Thanks for that. Thank yeah, because everyone, uh, I have a friend who, after listening to you, he sent me a WhatsApp message and said, now I'm tempted to get scarifications. <laughs> and he has so many tattoos that yeah. he never considered. And he's from Ghana, yeah. where they have scarifications, but it never occurred to him to even do mm. that. 
and yeah, so that was great. Like That's feedback, that yeah. Makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you should definitely join us in New York. Absolutely, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. Great. Great. Thank you. Uh, so, for the people listening again, where would they find more information about My Africa? On the website, um, mae-africa.org, and also on Instagram. Yeah, you should find us. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you inviting me over, and again, the, the event was just amazing. Thank you, and thanks for coming, and I hope we keep in touch. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to be stalking your page, because I love the art. Oh, I yeah. have to mention sure. that I did get a book on Amazon, mm -hmm. and um, that's where I saw your name as well. Really? Yes. What was the book? So it's on the history of um, scarifications. Really? Yes. I was not even aware I was in that. <laughs> Yeah, so there is, and then I looked you up and I was like, oh, I have to find Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, it's w w one of the places where, I, when I was researching for people to be here, wow. yes. Well, yeah. that's flattering. You don't even know that. That's <laughs> no, amazing. Yeah, that. so there's a book on yeah. the history of scarifications, and he has you there as a practitioner and even has a list of places that you've uh, worked at. Really? Yes. Maybe I'll have to track down a copy <laughs> of this book. <laughs> I still have it. I should have brought it for you. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a really good book. You can buy book. it on Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it has it your Amazon. name on it. Yeah, it has your name in it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah you huh. should look that up. Well, that's news to me. And you know, the interesting thing, when I was looking up the history of um, scarification in my culture in Nigeria, there are so many different stories, and I don't know if you observed upstairs the V-shape mm. scarification. Yep. So the, the present day, like the photo that is there from Annabelle right now is um, from one of the visual artists is from Sudan, mm -hmm. South Sudan, sorry, in 2018 or maybe January 2019. But the, the pictures on the side show um, terracotta art that was um, discovered maybe in the 1930s or so. And they have the same V-shape. Yeah. And there's a story um, behind the history of scarifications. There's so many stories, like people have different theories, but one of them says that the, the first, the founder of the ethnic group that I belong to in Nigeria were called the Yorubas. Mm -hmm. um, he was traveling, the historical um, story of our origin is that one of them actually because there's so many but one is that we the person came from Saudi Arabia was a migrant from Saudi Arabia and he was migrating with a couple of his clansmen and they had their faces um, they had tribal markings on their faces so that they could recognize each other as they traveled and then along the journey through Egypt and South Sudan some of them dispersed because there were quarrels on the way I guess they'd been with each other too long. Yeah. <laughs> so they were corals on the way and um, some of them dispersed. And it's interesting that in the present day, you find people with the V-shaped scarifications in South Sudan and you find it on terracotta that was discovered in the same region, like in my part of Nigeria yeah. so many years ago. And it just makes it, it makes it possible that the, the story is true. You That's never amazing. know, yeah. yeah. So there's just so much history that from something as little as body art, it tells you so much about cultures interacting with yeah. each other for generations. It's, I also find it fascinating that, um, I like to use the, the terminology of like branches on a family tree, where it might have the, the shared roots, Root. but it kind of branches in like, and expressed in different ways, sure. you know, like, yeah, people yeah. are just taking it and modifying it how they want. Yeah. And that's what, that's what art is, mm -hmm. like, it's not supposed to, or culture in general, it's not supposed to be, like, stagnant and yeah. we just preserve evolving. it. Yeah, yeah, it's evolving, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to also show, like, 
with Anya and Nala, who's mm -hmm. a makeup artist. I didn't completely um, answer your question because Nala and um, Anya, I found them, actually Nala found us, like she joined the panel three days to the event. Oh wow. Yeah. Which, <laughs> she reached out and she said, you know, I just came across this and my work is inspired by scarifications. Yeah. I'd love to be a part of this. And she's been a great addition to yeah, everything, like with the colorful outfits yeah. and yeah. It seems like everything has come together really it well really, for you. Yeah, it really has yeah. and it's, um, it just makes it all worth it. I, I know you've done events and you can just imagine the level of <laughs> stress that goes into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And the fact sure. that, I mean, it's essentially a small group of people and a lot of it, I'm sure, is you directly doing this. I'm um, the team. That's yeah. what I say to people because, yeah, when I say, um, and thanks for being super understanding because there are days I, I think, yeah, I need to send an email and you're just like, there are not enough hours in the day oh, just fall that, asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had many of those and I was like, crap, you need to get a team, but yeah. That's kind of some of the best events because it's it's a passion project. Yes. It's not just something you churn out just to just to have an event. It, it means something. It really does because yeah. when, um, for instance, I was talking to people and my regular job is very impact focused. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so when, I was talking to people and they said, oh, but are you going to sell the artworks? Um, it didn't occur to me because my thing is, please come see and learn. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're not trying to just generate Yeah, it's not, it's not, oh, we're selling stuff. Like that was not really the focus and it's still not the focus. And they would say things like, oh, if you knew that you would end up without any sponsorship, you should have made it, you should have made people pay to come see it. And I was like, no, because mm. as much as, uh, yeah, it'd be good to have people pay even as little as five pounds to come see it, but I want it to be that you have no excuse to not It made it so much more accessible. And yeah. I saw so many faces yeah. that, you know, even if it had been a small amount of money, mm -hmm. they might have used that as an excuse of, well, we, we can go maybe do something else. Exactly. And the fact that it was open access yeah. just brought so many other people in that maybe you've never been able to see or experience or even understand that this exists out there in the world. So you're sharing that culture with so many people. Thank you. And that's what I wanted to bring out of this. Like, just come learn. Mm -hmm. Let's all be more aware and yeah. let's all, and just giving a platform. Like for me, my Africa is beyond just documenting history and cultural um, heritage preservation. I wanted to have a social impact value as well. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm really glad that on this platform, Nadine, who had the documentary on scarifications called Mark, mm -hmm. um, it's her first film of screening in London. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, thank you. She did a great job, and why shouldn't people know that? You see, right. like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and also Yusuf, who does amazing body painting work, and mm -hmm. this is his first ever international trip and first ever international exhibition. Mm -hmm. And then there's Hannah Longoli, who's the first photographer out of her town in Uganda, in Karamoja, Uganda, where she comes from. And it's her first exhibition as well. So it's to, and to also bring to focus the issues surrounding scarifications for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And vanishing expressions like the only art that we talked about yesterday. It, it's amazing on so many different levels because you have all these incredibly talented artists who haven't been able to maybe share their, their work on a larger scale. Yeah. And for that, them to be in a scale like this, like in London, showing it to the world And just now. meeting new people and people yeah. are more aware the of their work. connections that they're yeah. making. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm also very glad for the unit because the unit London, I don't know if I told you this, but one of the first 
issues that we had with putting this together was the venue mm. or some um, I had been talking to a place that was so prestigious and everyone was saying oh we hope they pick you because you have to kind of apply even if you have the money they may not necessarily um, take your event mm -hmm. and um, they seemed keen to um, host this and then suddenly they had someone from their senior management return from leave after summer and the person was not comfortable with the theme mm -hmm. of the event and when I started searching for a new place um, I came across so many but the unit London when I reached out to them I looked at their website and it says something about having a more inclusive space for the art world and make it accessible for people. Yeah. And that just really fits with my Africa's mission yeah. as well. So yeah, it, it worked out. This is a great venue too. Like the, the stage area for the film oh. and the panel and yeah. upstairs with the exhibition art. and everything. It, it seems like it, it, it worked it, out. Fate. Everything <laughs> came together. Yeah, it did come together. I'm yeah. really, really glad. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate this. Thanks. Yeah, I've been looking up after I found and I sent an email when you said, yes, I'd love to be a part of this. I was like, this really may be happening because honestly, sometimes you reach out to people and they simply would not respond. I cannot tell you yeah. the number of email that I sent out. If I'd be glad if they even said, okay, well, this sounds interesting, um, but it's not a good time or... They just simply would not respond. Do you feel like that's because people are dismissive because of the, the, the body art component? Yeah, the, the theme to it? Um, I think a part, um, sometimes I feel like that could have affected funding in Nigeria mm -hmm. to an extent because um, sometimes people just don't see the value yeah. because they think of art in a very um, mass consumption mm. way. So if it's not like a fashion show like reality tv exactly like mass appeal mm -hmm. but if you're saying because for some people as well if you think of scarifications as something that's so archaic and something that's for like rural people that are ignorant and barbaric and savage you know if you have that mindset then if you're thinking you would probably think why should i put money in a body art event because mm -hmm. what's there to learn yeah you see what i mean yeah. it's like What's the value in that, and why would anyone sponsor this? What they were saying this? in the panel was yeah. so, it seems so counterintuitive to me that people wouldn't want to preserve their culture, uh, and they were kind of saying that it's almost like a, a post-colonization yeah. type mentality. And it's worse because we're not aware of it, so mm. it's very like, um, yeah, people do it mindlessly, where it's just like, who cares about scarifications, or I've had somebody who had tribal markings on his face tell me um, because he assumed that I was interested because I'm not Nigerian and so um, after asking him questions he said oh no we only have this in my in my family because you know our ancestors um, fought lions and I thought oh my goodness that's probably what people tease you with but you've internalized that and you're yeah. saying it as the excuse for having that right so yeah <laughs> yeah you um, it's really interesting but it's um, I, I Again, the issue of consent is very important, especially for children. And yeah. you know, a lot of things that are traditional do not n favor children and mm -hmm. women. Usually, like it's no offense, but it's the man that gets totally. to decide I, in cultures a lot of, of times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, from that standpoint, I think it's very important to not force people to do it. And that's why it's ex it was really important to have you here to show that 
there are people who are not forced mm -hmm. and who would naturally just want to get scarifications. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that means you can leave your child to be 18 mm -hmm. and decide. For themselves, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now I feel so strongly about culture or spirituality and I want to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it was important to really <laughs> hammer on that because that's one of the big things with, um, in Nigeria. I don't know if you heard that we had um, a major campaign a couple of years ago against scarifications. I saw that, that someone was trying to push forward a bill to, yeah. and they were calling it a, against facial mutilation. <laughs> and they used that word mutilation instead of scarification marking mutilation. Interestingly, somebody yeah. said that on Facebook and they said, they tagged us and they said, oh, so my Africa, you really want people to like destroy their bodies and how do you feel about mm -hmm. that? And it's like, no, this is not destruction. It may be Some people you. have a hard time, right? Again, I think it's just because you have that, that visceral connection when, when you see a wound or you see blood yeah. somewhere in the back of your mind, fight or flight, you think like, uh oh, something, something bad happened. And it's it's very difficult for someone to see blood and it was like and, a voluntary thing yeah. yeah but you know interestingly that's one of the things um, when you look at these cultures that practice it it's it's the it's sort of the same mentality with a wound mm -hmm. they see it as having so many scar tribal markings on your body is a sign that you've been through something and you conquered yeah so or you've endured pain and healed mm -hmm. from it like so they translate that in a different way to say if you have like for a warrior to have all of this it just shows that you've conquered you've healed mm -hmm. and it's like different stages in life that you've passed through it's like symbolic yeah. and representative of it yeah. so yeah thank you ryan thank <laughs> this you. has been great yeah thank this you. has been a really incredible experience for me personally and professionally it's been amazing i'm so, so glad to hear that so what are the next steps like for um for pba well you know my my store at home tattooing and piercing and a lot of it is my other staff living their careers for me now, I'm trying to move into a space where I'm more of an educator, so I'm, I'm going to a lot of different uh, events and teaching classes. Oh, so while I was stalking you to come here, I did look up your TED talk. Oh yeah? That was good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw the video, yeah, it was good, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was pretty, that, was, that was a pretty big experience for me. Oh, okay, so yeah. um, have you done any other after then, or? No, most of the time when I, when I speak, I speak on body piercing. Uh, I would okay. love to speak more on scarification, but it's Did the you same notice, okay, out. so I, uh, I don't know if you observed, but here um, we try not to, just to pass on that message of excluding children. Mm. We didn't use any photos of people under 18. I think that was the right choice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but what I saw, I have this stunning picture and I just couldn't tell if the lady just looks really young or if she's like a child. Um, so I didn't use it, mm. but she had piercings all over. Mm in addition to the scarifications yeah. and the tattoos. And I thought this would have been so perfect, but yeah, because of the age issue, I couldn't It can be a little bit it. fuzzy. Like it, with my industry with body piercing now, um, we're kind of moving into a space where parents are bringing in their children to, to my type of establishment rather than the mall and the fashion stores for like gun piercings uh, for their I years. I see, I see. So I think professional piercers are piercing younger and younger children, but again, it's the balance of they need to be old enough that it's their choice and not yeah. the parent's choice. Yeah, 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 huh? Yeah. Because I, when one of the conversations on Twitter actually, somebody said, "Oh, you know, for children, I knew that would happen." But then another person, Annabelle, actually one of the visual artists, was saying that he considers um, 
the mandatory ear piercing to be a form of abuse? It's, it's, it's tricky, yeah, because yeah. it's all yeah. subjective. Mm -hmm. It's just how you feel. Like, yeah. what what's there to say that a child should um, get pierced? Yeah, I mean, sometimes when I see babies with earrings, I can sometimes have <laughs> a little bit discom discomfort with that. Really? Sometimes because I I, I would never judge the parent for yeah. it because it's so know, commonplace though that like, you don't really is. think of it, it like. Is. But at the same time, though, um, the first night of the event, I had a woman come up to me, and she had her earrings pierced just like most people do. Yeah. Uh, and she had the same question that I get a lot, which is, why? Why would someone ever choose that? And it's like, well, why would someone choose to poke a hole in their ear and wear jewelry <laughs> from it? You know, it's, I think the answer to why, it's, it's the same answer, but yeah. people just see a different interpretation that's, of it. That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But... Thanks for this, Ryan. Thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Did you get to talk to Nadine? Uh, I didn't know. Uh, is there is there anywhere to, to see that film online? Did you know if she has a, maybe a website? No. Okay. Um, it's still private screenings mm -hmm. for now. So it's um, she's having another one at Oxford, but mm -hmm. I will try to get her to New York as yeah. well. It's in the plan. Yeah, marked. It's yeah. It was fantastic. And that opening scene with the child getting it, everyone kind of had that groan. But then by the end of the film, they, they understood. They, they understood. Yeah. Yeah. So. Really good work, and she did. It took her two years to put mm. that together. I tried to put together a documentary for this, mm -hmm. and ugh, it was torture because if you don't have the skill set yourself, then you're very dependent on people. Sure. So you're renting equipment, um, you're getting editors, and yeah, and it's like you're working and, with, yeah. and you know, I had to combine that with my regular job and with this and coordinating and. After a while, I was like, forget this. Sure. I wanted to have mini screens upstairs where people could watch Marked down here mm -hmm. and then have um, mini screens upstairs, like with the documentary that I had produced. But I wasn't too comfortable with it. Like, you, um, it's not up to the quality that I want. So maybe yeah. New York. Sure. You have something from my Africa. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure you learn a lot as an event organizer now yeah. of what you want to do for the next event. So if you have an event yeah. now, you should hire me because I'd plan it for you. Absolutely. Like. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Take care. All right, uh, that's definitely a special place in my memory and, and in my heart. When it comes to events, sometimes it's just work. You know, I, I, I go places, I talk about the thing that I do for work, and I go home. Uh, this one, I, I left to go as one person, and then I came home as another person. It was a, a really great event for me, and I'm uh, very happy and very fortunate to have been invited. So uh, thank you, Temi, and thank you, myafrica.org. I would really urge you all to follow their information online, follow their social media. MyAfrica, that's again M-A-E, Africa, org on Instagram or mae-africa.org. Cultural practices are something that just vanish a little bit at a time. Globalization, 
westernization, colonization, uh, the things that people have done for hundreds of years and thousands of years that are normal and beneficial and nurturing to them are sometimes wiped away uh, in the name of, uh, air quotes, progress. So organizations like this are crucially important to remember who we are as people and where we came from and where we're going and, and who we want to be when we get there. So again, uh, thank you, Temi, for the invitation. Uh, I'm really looking forward to helping out in any way I can with future events. Hopefully this comes to New York City in March. And again, I'll share any information I, I get to uh, give you information on uh, dates and location and, and content. As far as other stuff for me, just to kind of touch on a few different things, you know I've got all my private classes. Go to precisionbodyarts.com seminars. I've got classes for Phoenix in January, Concord, California in February. I can tell you that I'm going to have a class in New Jersey in March. And I can share a little bit of other information. I've got two personal trips for some fun stuff that I'm going to be doing in Germany and the UK. And I am very happy to announce that I'll be able to offer some seminars while I'm there. So the, the first one that I can tell you about will be uh, Monday, March 9th. And that's going to be in Essen, Germany. And I'm working on booking a room at Unperfect House. So if you are one of the piercers that's come to BMXNet and you want to hang out a little bit and get your little, uh, get your get your fix, get your BMXNet fix in before next fall, I'm going to be doing a class there. I'm still working out exactly what the content's going to be, uh, but my class in April is going to be Monday, uh, April 13th in Manchester, UK, and I'm, I'm probably going to try to look at booking at the Radisson where the UK APP conference is. That one's going to be a sales class. Uh, I'm working out a new class called uh, Ethical Upselling, uh, how to sell smarter and not harder. Uh, and that's probably going to be unveiled in Chicago for the Stereowash event. And then I'll probably be offering that again in the UK in Manchester. I'm also going to be doing a dynamic marking workshop uh, at the same day. Jewelry sales and marking techniques, essentially. Uh, I'd love to see you there. I'm going to have all that information for you online, uh, again, at precisionbodyarts.com seminars, and follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. I'll have event pages for all these different classes. And if you ever have questions about anything, you know, reach out to me on Facebook or email me at ryanpba at gmail.com. Uh, again, thanks, Temi, for the invitation. Uh, I love to speak about scarification. It's something that a lot of people see as taboo, and they think that we're all freaks and weirdos for wanting to do this kind of stuff. And I really like to, you know, go after those hearts and minds. Uh, that's that's a big thing for me is just changing people's perspective and, and realizing like, you know, I'm not the weirdo. You have your ears pierced. You got breast implants or a facelift or, you know, a, a butt lift or whatever. Uh, just because I want to have a scar uh, of something that I think is pretty doesn't mean that I'm a psychopath. Uh, I've got some ideas for maybe some more scarification episodes in the future. I've been trying to talk Brian Decker into coming on this show for a long, long time, and I totally get some of the reasons why he might not be keen to that, but I would really love to kind of lure him into maybe doing a scarification episode, and I would love to do uh, some scarification episodes with other practitioners too. Maybe I could even do something with a few different people together, maybe like a New York scarification with John Joyce and Brian Decker. So let's try to get some of that stuff in the future. It doesn't always have to be about body piercing stuff, you know, maybe a little bit more of the, the wide world of body art. 
So thanks for listening. Uh, go ahead and support myafrica.org wherever you can. Follow maeafrica.org on Instagram when you can. And I'm going to be back with another episode next week. Winding down for 2019, I'm going to have probably some sort of year-end show. I might even take a week or two off around the holidays just to kind of recoup a little bit and then hit 2020 hard. I've got a bunch of podcast ideas. I've got tons of class and trip ideas. No shock there. Uh, but I'll be back for you. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.